Welcome to the Way Fellowship Church of Dallas podcast series. Please enjoy this message by our own senior pastor, Tavares Gardner. All right. If you have your mobile devices, your Bibles, some of you are at home now, you can pull out the old school Bible. Um, Amen. Blow the dust off of it and open your Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. We're going to talk for a few minutes. Uh, Some of my messages come from personal devotional time. Uh, I learned from Bill Johnson that you don't study to prepare a message, but you get messages when you have personal devotional time. And so... um, I was reading in my daily Bible reading this scripture's chapter, Numbers chapter 14, and I got stuck on this chapter. And normally when I get stuck on the chapter, that means I need to pay attention to this chapter and uh, really just dissect it and learn from it because there's something that he wants me to know to get from it personally. But I believe that as I've gotten something personally from it, it's going to bless you. Uh, this is something that, you know, we, we do here at the, at the church. And so on tonight, we're reading from the book of Numbers chapter 14. And we're just going to jump around in, in some scripture and some verses. I've highlighted a few verses in chapter 14. We'll start at verse 1. All right. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice and they wept that night. Verse 2, all the Israelites, I want you to pay attention to these words that I'm going to highlight. All the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, would that we had died in Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness. Verse 3, why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will be a prey. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the Israelites And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Japuna, who were among the scouts who had searched the land, rent their clothes. And they said to all the company of Israelites, the land through which we passed as scouts is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey, only Do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before all the Israelites. Verse 11. I want you to really pay attention. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people provoke, 
spurn, despise me? And how long will it be before they believe me, trusting in, relying on, clinging to me for all the signs which I have performed among them? I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. Jump on down to verse 22. Because of all the men who have seen my glory and my miraculous signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet they have tested and proved me these ten times and have not heeded my voice. Verse 27. How long will this Con evil congregation murmur against me. I have heard the complaints the Israelites murmur against me. I want to talk for a few minutes on tonight the sin of murmuring and complaining. The sin of murmuring and complaining. Now, you must know that the children of Israel had not long been come out of Egypt. Moses had taken them from Egyptian bondage, and here they are now in the wilderness, and they are traveling by stages in different parts of the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and they've gotten to the right at the door of Canaan land. And right before they get into Canaan land, Moses decides he's going to send scouts and spies to spy out the land to take a you know get a get a preview of what the land was like and all of that and bring back a report to the children of Israel and not only the children of Israel but to Moses and just tell them what it's like. And so they went over there, they spent 40 days in Canaan land, spying out the lands, 40 days spying out, and they even brought back some grapes. And they said these grapes are real big, that it took two people to carry these grapes. And so here we are, they come back with a good, well, two only came back with a good report, and the rest of the 10 came back with a negative report, and it is something about negative news that we just seem to gravitate to. We love negative fake news. And if you look at on social media, you know, it's very hard to decipher between what's real news and what's fake news because it seems like the fake news gets more attention than the real news. And so you cannot really rely on social media to even get the good news. The real news, because the fake news seems to overpower uh, the real news. And so, uh, Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says that, even in this chapter, that they had a different spirit. But the ten, the ten other spies, they had a different, they had another type of spirit, a messy spirit. So much so that it caused a whole generation mm -hmm, to miss the promised land. They were right at the door of the promised land. But because of negative news and because of their murmuring and complaining, they missed what God had for them. I'm coming to tell you that if you don't stop murmuring and complaining, 
If you don't stop murmuring and complaining about the conditions that you're in right now, I can't hear nobody say that, the conditions that you're in right now, could it be that God has us right here on, at, right at the brink of a major breakthrough, but our murmuring and complaining will disqualify us from going forward? It's quiet in here. Let me give you the definition of murmur. A soft, indistinct sound made by a person or a group of people speaking quietly or at a distance. Again, a soft, indistinct sound made by a person or a group of people speaking quietly or at a distance. A murmur means to be obstinate, to complain and grumble in a low voice. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Uh, murmur means to be obstinate, to complain and grumble in a low voice. Now, complain means to, it is a verb, to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about a state of affairs or an event. And if you look now, if you just listen to people's conversation, we're complaining about coronavirus. I just, I mean, I, mean, I just had to throw that in there. And, and, and I'm, I'm just like, you know, people are, are at home now. No, people are at home now. You know, some have been laid off. Some are on furlough. If, if my job, some of some of our employees at my job, uh, we're on for, furlough and we have to file unemployment. But here's the thing: uh, there was a point in time where I've heard certain people. You know, who are working, who are working, who are working, who are working. Oh, I just need a break. I just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. It seems like I just run, run, run. I just go from work to church and this and that. And now we're in a situation now where we're forced to stay at home. Can't nobody say nothing right there. And, and, and now we're at home. Now we have a lot of leisurely time. Can't nobody say nothing. We have time to get rest. We get, I mean, it's almost like the Lord is giving the saints a Sabbath rest. Can't nobody say nothing. And and now the Lord has given us this Sabbath rest. Oh, I can't stand being at home too long. I'm tired of being at home. Well, you were tired of work. Now you're tired of being at home. Make up your mind. You're complaining about working. Now you complain about being at home, being at home with your kids, being at home with your husband. You know what I mean? Like, I just need to get out the house. I just, I just can't stand it. Let's look at Numbers chapter 14. Let's dissect some of these verses. If we look at verses uh, 1 through 5, it says they begin to cry out because, listen, they were crying out because of dreading death by the sword of the Canaanites, a people that they had not even seen yet. You're worried about dying to a a group of people that you have never seen. You just heard how big they were. You just heard the report of 10 people that said, we are like grasshopper in that, and you ain't never seen them. So sometimes we take other people's perceptions and we carry others, other people's perception. Of, I can't hear nobody say that. Right. I feel my help right here. You take other people's perceptions and mindset and you make them your own. And that's not even the case. So could it be that you're in situations now because you're taking somebody else's perception? So they begin to cry out for dreading death. By the sword of the Canaanites whom they had never seen. 
and, a, and only 12 spies, only 12 spies had seen what the people looked like. Out of a million plus people, 12 spies only saw the actual facts. Oh my God. Now, because of fear, they wish to die. They, they wish to die on one, point, on, one, on one hand, and then they had a fear of dying. Would we have died in Egypt? Okay, because you, you have a fear of dying going to the promised land. Now, here's the crazy thing. God had been providing and protecting them all throughout the Exodus, all throughout Numbers, God had been showing himself. They had seen the ten plagues. They had seen miracle signs and wonders. They had seen the manna from heaven. They had seen the quails that came flying away above their heads. They were able to pull them down. Can't anybody say nothing? God had provided water from a rock. And I'm just like, and they still ungrateful. Murmuring and complaining is a sign of an ungrateful heart. And God got angry. Let me tell, let's keep on before I get ahead. Now, all of a sudden, you don't. Tr now, here, here's the thing about it. Now they got mad at Moses and Aaron, the men who actually helped bring them over. Now you get mad at your at the very ones that help you. Now you say, all of a sudden, you don't trust the leadership after having seen them do so much for you up until this point. And so now here's the other thing. More, it was more of a slap in God's face after seeing all that God had done for them. Now you don't think he can handle what, you, what he's trying to take. He didn't, he's carried you this far. And now he trying, y'all trying to go somewhere. You think he's not going to leave you out there with unprotected and, and, and unguarded. If he's carried you this far. He can carry you through to the next destination. If they went back to Egypt, guess what? They were surely going to die on their way traveling back because they had no protection. The only reason nobody really came up against Israel is because they saw the cloud. They had a cloud by day, fire by night. Who going to mess with you when they see something like that hovering over you? I wish somebody would. And so now God says, y'all don't trust me. I'm going to destroy all of y'all. Y'all done made me mad. Now here come Moses again. Now this, this is at least the second time I've read in the Bible what Moses, probably more times than that, Moses had to intercede on behalf of the people because God was getting ready to kill them. And he told Moses again, he said, I'll make you a great nation. Kill all the rest of these ninjas. I'll make you a great nation by yourself. And Moses said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, God, hold up, God, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I can't let you just kill all these people right now. <laughs> because what, what are the other nations going to think if you kill these people? They send you, bring them out of Egypt, but now you're in the wilderness. You didn't kill all of them. What they going to think about you? Your reputation is on the line, God. He threw it back. He said, well, I'll relent, but I tell you what. 20 and up will not cross to the promised land because they've seen my miracle signs and wonders. They've seen everything that I've done and they still don't believe. The sin of unbelief will cause your mouth to murmur and complain. Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
you got anything to say right now? I feel like you got something. You can add something in right there. Well, I was just thinking as you were talking, I mean, you, you can even look at it now that many of the people, especially the people of God, God has already proven himself to us over and over, over and, over and over again. again. And now that we're in this situation, it's like even with you gave me a testimony on today um, with a situation where this whole um, pandemic has caused somebody that we know to get a better job and make more money than they were making before this even happened. Yeah. And so God is like, all you have to do is trust me because you got a track record with me. Yes. You've seen me prove myself over and over again. Over and over so again. why would you be complaining yes. and murmuring at this point like you've never had an experience with me? Like you've never seen me move. You got to step back and you got to say, wait a minute, I got to get my perspective back. That's I can't right. be taking on what I'm seeing in the news and yes. taking on what other people are saying. I got to look at my own track record oh, oh with God and go back to what he's done. Even That's if I right. got to sit down and write it down to know, oh my God, look what you did in 2010. Look what you did in 2015. Look what you did in 2019. I know you're going to take me out of this. Come on here, girl. Come on here, girl. Come on here. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you better turn up. Turn up. You better turn up tonight on, on Word Thursday. <laughs> Amen. So again, God has a track record of always coming through for you. So why are you fearful? Why are you wanting to go back to bondage? Go back to the familiar because you're afraid of going forward because you don't you can't see what God is getting ready to do. And so you can see where you've been, but you can't see where you're going. Fear of the future. All right. And so if we look at verse 27, let's look at verse 27 of, of X, uh, Numbers chapter 14. Verse 27, God says to Moses, how long will this evil congregation murmur against me? I have heard the complaints the Israelites murmur against me. Listen, they were, number one, murmuring without any cause. What do you mean? The Israelites had much reason for thankfulness and praise. Come on here. But none for complaint. They had no reason to complain. What they should have been doing was praising God for everything that he has done and continued to do for them in the wilderness. They had, they had much uh, been emancipated from Egyptian, Egyptian bondage, so they should have been grateful for that. They should have remembered that God has brought us out of that. Uh, they had, so they had, no, they, they, they had no reason to murmur. They had no cause to murmur. And, and my question is to you. If you can trace where God has provided and always come through, do you have a cause to murmur and complain? You don't have none. So when you feel like your mouth wants to complain, do your hand like this over your mouth and say, shh, praise God instead of complain. All right. They murmured against God, the best 
being that is ever alive. Now, they, they were complaining to Moses and Aaron, like, y'all did this. But God said, I take it personal because they're in leadership. I placed them over y'all. You talking, you mad at them, but really you coming against me. You blaming me. You talking about me when you talk about my leadership. My God. The evil congregation which murmur against me. It said all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. The Lord says they murmur against me. Complaints made against the servants of God in the fulfillment of their appointed duties he regards as against himself. So when you complain about your leaders, God said you, you're really complaining about me. Lord have mercy. Murmuring of long continuance. What are you saying? How long, God says, shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? Murmuring had become a chronic, had become chronic with this generation of Israelites. There are many today who are habitual grumblers and complainers. It's quiet in the room. You are habitual complainer. And guess what? The Bible says in Proverbs, we are snared by the words of our mouth. You saying, the Bible says also in Matthews, you're going to have to give an account for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. I'm sick or tired of being at home. Guess what's, what's going to happen? You're going to be sick and tired at home. Because you spoke that we are speaking spirits and whatever we speak manifests. Whatever God spoke in the book of Genesis, it happened. He said, let there be light. And guess what? Light happened. Whatever God speak, and since we come from God and we have the God nature likeness of him in us, whatever we speak, it manifests. Have you ever spoken something that didn't happen? Okay. So we have Numbers 14. The Bible says that he said, these ten times these people have tried me. Ten times they tried the Lord. So I went back and I started collecting and, and, and writing. Okay, so we have Numbers 14. They was complaining. Exodus 15, they were complaining. Exodus 16, they were complaining. Exodus 17, they were complaining. Numbers chapter 11, they were complaining. Guess what? Numbers chapter 11, they started complaining so much, God sent fire to kill them. Fire shot out in the camp and killed those people that were complaining. Their tongues got them killed. Lord have mercy. Look at yourself and say, self, my tongue will either bring death to me or life to me. There were ten plagues in the book of Numbers. And a few of them were the result of their tongues. Okay, so Numbers, again, Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, fire broke out because of the misuse of their tongues. Number 2, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 35, sickness hit the camp. Why? Because of the misuse of their tongues. 
and the lust of the flesh. All right, Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 16, leprosy broke out when Miriam and Aaron put their mouth on Moses, their own brother. God took it personal, and he struck Miriam with leprosy. He didn't so much get Aaron. Miriam was the instigator. So that tongue got her struck with leprosy. I'm trying to tell us that your tongue, this piece of meat that's in your mouth, will bring life or death to any situation that you're dealing with. You better be in control of your mouth. Stop this murmuring and complaining and enjoy this time that you have with your family. You, couldn't, you could not have anybody. Yeah. Yeah. No. What, you got something to say right there? I feel like you got something right there. Well, I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so here we go. Numbers chapter 14, verses 28 through 35. Death came into the camp. Why? Because of misuse of their tongue and rebellion. My God. Look at, look, look at this. Numbers 13, 31 through 33, and Numbers 14, chapter, chapter 14, verse 37. Sickness happened because of misuse of tongue and rebellion. All right, here we go. Numbers chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, and Numbers 16, 29 through 33. An earthquake happened. Why? Because of the misuse of their tongue. Number 16, 1 through 3, also verses 34 through 35. Fire again broke out because of misuse of their tongue and rebellion. Guess what? Numbers chapter 21. Verses 5 through 9, serpents or snakes were released into the camp. Why? Because of the misuse of their tongues. God has a problem with murmuring and complaining. It's quiet in the camp. Hmm? Numbers 25, 1 through 9, sickness hit the camp. Not so much of the misuse of the tongue, but adultery and idolatry. Here are some things that we complain about. Let's read them together, wife. Number one, wives complain about their husbands. He just don't do this, and he that, and I wish he would do this. You know, so-and-so husband do this and that. Well, I wish you could be like this and that and that and that. Another one, since you're at home, can you fix this? Can you do this? Can you do that? <laughs> do this and that? I feel like you're looking at me. <laughs> she I know, she rolls up on me. <laughs> Number two. Husbands complain about their wives. Well, I wish you would do, look like this. I wish you would do your hair like this. And why come you can't clean this? And why come you can't cook like this? I mean, it's just, it's just always something negative. You never build each other up. You just always find the negative news, the, the negative perceptions of your spouse. And guess what? Our spouses are a reflection of us.
got real quiet on that. I heard uh, I heard the crickets. Crickets, crickets, all right? Number three, we complain about our jobs and supervisors. I'm, I'm guilty of that. We got to stop that. Could you be delaying where you are because you're complaining? We, we didn't hear you. What'd you say? I said your progress is delayed by complaining. Yes. So how much further could you be alone if you would stop murmuring, complaining, and be grateful and thankful? It's quiet in here. Oh, number four, which is a good one. We complain about church programs, church leaders, and fellow Christians, fellow Christian brother and sister. You know, I just, I just don't know why we. You know, don't know why we can't come to church, and they just got the look. I just, I just don't know. I just don't know why they sing like that, and why they got the same them type of songs. I just don't know why. I just don't know why. I just don't know why apostles won't do this, and I just don't know why why they won't choose me. I just don't know why. You know, I can go somewhere else and and get on stage, and I can be this, and I can be that. I just don't know why. I just don't know why. I just don't like that. I just don't like. I just don't like sister so and so. You know, she just gets on my nerves. She ain't done nothing to me. It's just. It's just the way she makes me feel. I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. She's just so mean. He's just so mean. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. Just gets on my, just works my nerve. I just, it just, it just, ugh. Just always got something to complain about. And you ain't praying about nothing. And probably when you pray, you're taking all the complaints to God. I just don't like this. And God is like, he probably sitting up on the throne like. Discontent, I want you to write this down, causes murmuring. Being discontent causes murmuring. Christians are taught to be content with necessities. 1 Timothy 6, 7 through 8. What they have, Hebrews 13 and 5, write these scriptures down. They're locked, Philippians 4 and 11, and God's way, Luke 5 and 5. Let me say that again. Christians are taught to be content with necessities. 1 Timothy 6, verses 7 through 8. What they have, Hebrews 13 and 5. They're locked, L-O-T, Philippians 4 and 11. And God's way, Luke 5 and 5. Read those scriptures during your leisure time. Selfishness is the second cause for murmuring. My God today. My God today. My God today. Let's look at that scripture. Let's look at uh, Philippians 2 and 4. Philippians 2 and 4. I didn't make this up. Selfishness. It's the cause for what? Philippians what? Two and four. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned uh, for not merely his own interest, but also each for the interest of others. What that mean? What it mean? You need to be concerned about others. 
rather than always being concerned about you. When you type in, it ain't about you all the time. And because of selfishness, it causes us to murmur and complain. Let's look at Romans 15 and 2. We're talking about selfishness. Romans 15 and 2. Uh-oh. Let each one of us make it a practice to please his neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor. Anybody that's next to you? Come on here. For his good and for his true welfare. To edify him, to strengthen him, and build him up spiritually. See, if you start helping other people, being considerate of other people, it takes your mind off of you and what you're dealing with. That's why I'm seeing some, some, of, some of these churches, some people, there are some volunteers that are serving the schools. They're going to the schools and serving, hot, help serve hot lunch to all of these students that, don't, that are at home. Come on here. It takes the focus off of you when you serve others. You got something to say on that? I'm getting in your notes. I'm sorry. Selfish people want their way and do not like it one bit if they do not get it. Let me say that one more time. Selfish people want their way and do not like it one bit if they don't get it. Therefore, they murmur. The problems with complaining. Number one, you want to write this down. It does not please God. Faith pleases God. According to Hebrews 11 and 6, the Bible says, faith pleases God. Complaining does not please God. Murmuring and complaining, again, according to Numbers 11 and 1, displeases God. Number two, complaining shows a negative attitude, according to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 27. Complaining, listen very carefully. I want you to hear this. Listen. Complaining opens the door for Satan to destroy your life. What do you mean? Complaining releases the negative words into the atmosphere and it gives access to Satan to worsen your situation. Murmuring and complaining magnifies the problem, not God. So your negative words go out into your, words are like seeds. And they fall to the ground and they germinate. So you're saying, oh, the devil is doing this. No, you've been talking and you've been sowing seeds and those seeds have come up as a harvest. You got something to say? I feel like you got something. I was just thinking, so each person, even during this time, is experiencing their own, you know, things, right? What if what you are experiencing during this time is a result of what you were saying before it even started? So you're literally reaping the seeds of what you were sowing, the words that you were sowing before we even hit this pandemic. 
And then you say, and then you, you, you talk so much about the pandemic. Well, it's going to be like this, and it's going to be like this, and it's going to be like this. It's going to take this long. It's going to do this, and it's going to do it. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going. I mean, uh, you're just speaking life to this thing. Instead of speaking death, come on, let's speak death to this. God, you're going to end this thing. You're going to end this thing. You're going to end it. We thank you for the victory over this. Your blood covers. You know, this week I was praying, and I was in my prayer time, I was praying. I said, Lord, I apply the blood over the city of Dallas, and I thank you that the blood is going to annihilate this pandemic in my region. I don't know about the rest of y'all in these other cities, but I'm praying for my city. I'm praying for the city of Dallas that this pandemic moves quickly because of the blood. I believe if we get enough people praying the same prayer, we can cause heaven to manifest on earth because there's no pandemic in heaven. As it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Come on here. And so we've got to pray heaven down into the earth realm and let it manifest like it is in heaven. I wish I had some help right there. All right. Again, Proverbs 5 and 6 and 2 says, thou art snared with the words of my mouth. Proverbs 21, 23 says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. Shut up. Need to ask the Lord to give you the spirit of shut upness. Right. So now my wife, I'm going to get her in here and let her teach y'all what y'all need to do to stop this complaining. Help the saints. Um, as I was going through back through numbers with him, we were studying um, today. I have a list here of some things that will help you as you shut your mouth and stop complaining. Amen. So during this time, like he was saying earlier, you know, before all this happened, we had so much we were complaining about that we wish we could do. We wish we had more time. We wish we could, you know, knock these things off of our to-do list and all this kind of stuff, but we just don't have enough time to do it. Like there was so much that we were always wanting to get done or wanting to do if we had enough time. Mm -hmm. And then God says, well, now I've given you time, and instead of using it productively, you're just complaining about having the time, which is just crazy. So here's some things just to help you out if you are going to take this journey to stop complaining. This is going to help you. What you could be doing instead of complaining is focusing. Now, many of us have things, projects, and things that God has given us instruction to do, but we just couldn't quiet ourselves long enough to do it. God said, you got plenty of quiet time now. Get focused. Number two, I say this all the time. It'll probably be in every message I preach. You got to practice gratitude. We talked about that earlier. You got to look at the things that God has already done for you. If you are waking up every day, you got something to be grateful for. If you are breathing in and out, you have something to be grateful for. If you got up out of your bed, even if you just walked and used the bathroom, you got something to be grateful for. Many of us have too much stuff in our house. We could be spending this time giving stuff away, putting stuff together that we can sow into other people's lives because we're so grateful for all that we have. 
practice gratitude. Amen. Number three, you could be growing spiritually right now. Now, when I say growing spiritually, I'm not talking about getting up and reading two or three scriptures every day and, call and checking that off your list and believing you've done something. Growing spiritually includes allowing God to deal with the areas of your life that you didn't have enough time to sit back and let him deal with. Your attitude, your, how you handling your money, uh, how you handling your health. Let God into those areas. You got plenty of time to do it now. The, uh, number four. See if there's a way you can help someone in need. That's why I was saying you were getting into my notes. If we get out of that selfishness of what, you know, waiting every day to see what's going to happen to you. If you get your mind off of you and start helping and sowing into somebody else, then God will do what he needs to do for you. He already said what he was going to do to you. He, you already have promises from him. Now you need to go and say, how can I bless somebody else? Some examples of that. I was looking, I have a group, we have a group Facebook in our neighborhood, and I just love it because every day somebody from our neighborhood will go to the store, and even if they go to the store to get toilet paper, they'll pick up an extra pack of toilet paper, and they ask on the group, does anybody need toilet paper? I got extra. Today somebody accidentally picked up extra eggs because they didn't know their wife had eggs. So they just gave the eggs away to anybody that needed them. Find something you can do to help somebody else. I know there's elderly. We all probably know somebody elderly in our families that we could check on and see if they need us to drop anything by their houses or do anything for them. If you know somebody on the front line, a nurse, somebody working in the hospital, even somebody working in the um, uh, law, law enforcement, Send them a cash app, $10, buy them lunch, just do something nice because it'll get your mind off of what you think you don't have and what you think you can complain about. Um, number five, learn how to do something you've never done before. You got time. You got time. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to make some bread. Yes, You're not excited about me making bread, Ooh. fresh bread. <laughs> you can learn how to write a commentary. Hint, hint. Hint, hint, all you ministers. All okay. Right. Uh, because before you were working and having to do your work, now you got time to focus and really dig in that thing and write an excellent commentary. Come on now. For all of you that eat out all the time, this is the time to learn how to cook. YouTube. Pinterest is your friend. Yes. And I'm so excited. I told my mom, I said, I'm looking forward to hearing all the testimonies about supernatural healing because these people are not out eating all this processed fast food anymore because they're having to be forced to cook fresh food right. in their homes and not eat all that junk. Look for your healing. Um. Learn how to, you know, if you're challenged with clutter, we don't have to say anything. We don't have to say anything. Okay. We have to say nothing. Just look straight ahead. You're supposed to look straight ahead. We can learn how to get, I said we, okay, I said we. We can learn how to get organized. And that goes with taking some time to go through your stuff. Give away stuff that you're not using and stuff that you have no use for anymore. This is the time to do that. <laughs> right? It's time to do that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Number six. 
This is the time to get healthy. All of us that say we don't have time to work out, we don't have time to cook healthy, and we don't have time to do this and that when it concerns our health. Take our vitamins. Take our supplements. All that stuff you didn't have time to do, now you have time to do it. You can come out of this in 60 or um, 30 to 60 days, however long it's going to take, and you can come out of this and you can be a totally different person. I know my daughter told me today, she was like, Mommy, I can eat right because I don't have no more temptation. Because <laughs> she was being tempted from her, her friends at school, bringing her junk. Now she can eat and do the stuff because I'm not having no junk in my house. It's just not happening. So many of you need to get the junk out of your house and do what you're supposed to do. That's a word right there. Number seven. You can get your finances in order. Many of us, we are not driving as much, so we're saving all that gas money. Uh, we're saving money on, like I said earlier, eating out and things like that. So now is the time to really look at and be integral. You know, they are giving assistance and things like that, but if you don't need assistance, don't be trying to trick the government and get stuff when you don't need it. Um, like they're asking people, if you can wait, this is the first of the month for the people who get financial assistance to go out and do their shopping. If you have stuff, wait. And so they can go and get the things they need because they can only get it one time a month. Stuff like that. And when you save and you're saving this money on gas, eating, and all of that stuff, you can pay those bills that you've been avoiding. See, God has given us the opportunity to literally do a whole makeover on our lives during this time. But we've got to have the right perspective. We've got to know in this time, and even if you are, if you are challenged in this time, and maybe things didn't work out and you got laid off, but then you need to seek God. Why did he allow this to happen? God, ain't, he's not trying to do this for something bad. Maybe there's a lesson to learn out of this. Maybe it's a business you were supposed to start, and now is the time for you to start. Start that business because you were laid off and now you have the time to do it. There's always a plus and a better, a brighter side to everything, but we have to take the time to look at that. God is here for us. He says it all over his word. He is for us. He is not against us. But the thing about it is he will shut his ear to you if you keep murmuring and you keep complaining. Amen. Why well, you cut the mic off? I was just going to let you close. So, again, I said it earlier as we get ready to close. I really feel like that the Lord is giving his people a Sabbath rest. Uh, this is a time where the Lord wants us to take a rest and, I believe, reset us. Now, I looked up uh, the word Sabbath in, uh, in the Hebrew it means an intermission. God is giving us an intermission so we can reset and focus. And then when the curtain is lifted up again, we'll be able to go full throttle because we've had an intermission. Even in plays, I've been to several plays and at some point they go for so long and then they have an intermission and the, everybody, all the characters, they go back and they regroup and they get themselves together and get ready for the next scene. Yeah. Ooh. 
Oh, my God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So stop complaining and praise God for a Sabbath rest because it's just intermission for something greater. So I'm prophesying to you today, God is allowing us to rest, the saints of the Lord, and we have no reason to fear because he's given us rest during this season. It's just an intermission for, some, for the next scene of our lives. This message has been a blessing to you. We ask now that you would go online and begin to sow a seed, your tithe or your offerings on today and, and be a blessing to this ministry. Uh, we believe that you will be sowing into good ground as you sow your tithe, your offering onto this. I really want you to replay this message. I really want you to ingest and digest this word. This, it's a sin to murmur and complain and it keeps you stuck. Thank you for joining our podcast today. If you would like more information about our ministry, or if you would like to sow a seed, visit us at www.twfcdallas.org.